Welcome to Bathing with God, the free audiobook podcast from my imagination to yours. I'm Glenn Ostland, and if you like what you hear and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And now I give you Bathing with God. Bathing with God. Rejecting? Nope. Struggling against? Still no. Playfully engaging? That's it. The Divinity All Around Us by Glenn Ostland. Preface When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful. A miracle. It was beautiful, magical. But then they sent me away to teach me how to be sensible, logical, intellectual, cynical. There are times when all the world's asleep. The questions run too deep for such a simple man. Won't you please, please tell me what we've learned. I know it sounds absurd. Please tell me who I am. The Logical Song, Supertramp The second most difficult thing I ever did in my life was intentionally snuffing out my belief in God. He didn't even struggle as I held his head beneath that pillow. The single most difficult thing I did was when I unexpectedly breathed life back into him again. It took nearly forever just to find his lips. Welcome to the preface for Bathing with God. I am the author, Glenn Ostland, and I am a walking, talking paradox. I imagine that you are too. I am both responsible and irresponsible, kind and cruel, intelligent and ignorant, lazy and highly productive, humble and arrogant, considerate of others and incredibly self-centered. I've been both a missionary for my church and an outspoken, mocking, ridiculing, podcasting atheist. I've been a husband and an ex-husband, a father, a son, a teacher, a student, a businessman, unemployed, a man of integrity, and a cheater. I've been both a privileged cultural insider and a foreign minority outsider, a leader and a follower, full of hope and joy, full of darkness and despair, a passionate believer and an even more passionate skeptic. The idea of reincarnation both fascinates and confuses me, but I don't have to die and be reborn to know what it's like to live multiple lives. I've lived multiple lives in this lifetime already. And once again, I imagine that you have too. We live in a world full of paradox, don't we? So much variety, so much diversity, so many contradictions. I remember hearing a very sincere prayer once at church. A man, who I liked very much, stood up and said, Dear Father in heaven, we are so humbled to be the most chosen of thy people. Wait, what? Is it really humble to consider yourself more chosen than other people? That isn't very loving. Dang, I hate that. Wait, what? I feel hatred when someone I like expresses their sincere feelings of gratitude to their creator? That isn't very loving either. Dang it, I want to be loving. That's right, I want to be loving. I have always wanted to be loving. Through all of these different paradoxical lives, through all of the various hats and masks that I have worn, I've come to recognize that it isn't very loving 
to be constantly judging other people, to constantly find them falling short of some ideal of perfection, to constantly focus on perceived failures and flaws. It isn't very loving to be constantly judging others or myself. How can I stop judging? How can I accept the obvious fact that life is full of messy paradox, which is actually quite perfect and beautiful exactly the way it is, exactly the way that God or nature or the universe has made it? The idea of God both fascinates and confuses me. So much of what I've learned about God over the years has sounded far-fetched, made up, fictional. I closed myself off to the possibility of God for a very long time. I thought it was stupid to believe in God, and whether I was willing to admit it or not, that meant that I thought people who believed in God were stupid too. Hang on, I'm doing it again, aren't I? It isn't very loving to be constantly judging other people. Dang it, I want to be loving. Can I rewire my brain to be less judgmental? Can I get rid of judgment altogether? Would God help me do this if I asked him? Do I even believe in a God that would help me do this if I asked him? What would something like that even look like? Bathing with God is a series of conversations I had with a voice that came to me when I was soaking in a bathtub. That voice was not audible. It was imagined. That voice was not foreign to me. It was familiar. That voice became my friend. It had always been my friend and it responded when I asked it to. It answered the call to help me become more accepting and less judgmental of both myself and others. In this book, you as the reader have been given a ringside seat to my inner paradox, my consistencies and inconsistencies, my attempts to use my own imagination to look at the world through the eyes of an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God, a God that does not strike down thieves before they steal, a God that does not strike down abusers before they abuse, a God that seems to love, nourish, and sustain all people, allowing everyone to float in their own particular sea of paradox, a God that both fascinates and confuses me, a God that has been teaching me, through my own imagination, how to be a more loving, accepting, joyful human being. And you know what? I think it's working, because I can say this with all honesty. I do not know who you are or where you come from, dear listener. I do not know what you have done, what you will do, or any of the specific paradoxes that define who you are. But I know for a fact that I love you. I know that any judgment I might ever put on you or on anyone else is only a projection of those parts of myself that are still in search of acceptance and love. In other words, if I judge you, it's not you, it's me. Those are the parts of myself that still focus on failure and have not yet learned how to let go of fear, that have not yet come to fully understand what it truly means to be constantly, inescapably, bathing with God. So, welcome to my mind. Welcome to my heart. I wrote this book for me. I'm sharing it with you. It is meant to be enjoyed, so I hope that you enjoy it. Glenn Ostland, August 2020. P.S. My full name is Dow Glenn Ostland II. That means that my initials are D-G-O, which can be arranged to spell either God or dog. 
So if you decide to call this book Bathing with Dog, I will completely understand, and I promise not to judge you for it. Introduction Atheism There is no God, I often say. How could there be? There is no way. There is no Christ. He gave no gift. His so-called teachings, ancient myth. And while I'm on the subject, please, I have no arms, no legs, no knees. There is no God, no heavenly place. It's as plain as the nose that's not on my face. There is no God. How could there be? There is no God. There is no me. Glenn Ostland Why did you start with that poem? What? Who are you? You know exactly who I am, and we'll get to that more later. But this is the introduction to a book called Bathing with God. So why did you start with a poem called Atheism? Because I like it. I like it too. I'm the one who wrote it, you know. No, you didn't. I did. When I was a 15-year-old sophomore in high school, as a way to send a message to my atheist English teacher. What message were you trying to send? That a denial of God was the same thing as a denial of self. Have you always felt that way? No, but I sure did back then. You turned in another poem as part of that assignment. Do you remember? Yes, I remember. Why didn't you choose that one for this book? Because it was about a zit. Yeah, I really liked that one, too. Let's hear it. Okay, here you go. Life as a zit. Where would I be if I were a zit? Would I be on your face or on where you sit? Would I be in your nostril, inside of your ear, in your mouth, on your tongue? Just look in the mirror. I could grow on your chin with a head white as snow, and where you don't wash is where I will grow. Oh, the fun it would be. There's no way that I'd stop. That is, till you'd find me and give me a pop. Nice. And what message were you trying to send with that one? That I thought the assignment was stupid, that I could write poems standing on my head, and that poems didn't have to be about lofty, beautiful ideas, but why do you care? Who are you, anyway? We'll get to that soon enough. For now, why not tell these beautiful people what they're in for with this book? What people? The people who are either reading or listening to these words right now. There are no people reading or listening to these words right now. Not your right now. They're right now. In your right now, you are writing the words that come from somewhere deep within you, and you're currently, all alone, soaking in a bathtub, writing this on your phone with your right thumb. But trust me, eventually there will be people paying attention to this, and in their right now, they're wondering what they're getting themselves into, and whether this is the kind of thing they'll want to spend any time on. So, let them know what they're in for. Okay. I was raised to believe in God. I believed for a long time. I even spent two years in Japan going door-to-door as a missionary for my church, trying to convert people to believe in God, or at least the version of God that I believed in at the time. But then something happened, right? Yeah, I went to graduate school. And what happened in graduate school? I stopped believing in God. Why? Because I was studying folklore and mythology. And I realized that all the stories in the Bible are just stories. Legends, myths, folk tales. They're fictions, not actual history, which is what I believed when I was a kid. 
There was no real Noah who put all those animals on a boat. No actual Adam and Eve with their talking snake. No 6,000-year-old Earth. Just a bunch of stories that, true, have helped a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but they've hurt people in a lot of different ways, too. So I stopped believing that any of it was real. And, and then, then what happened? I eventually realized that all stories have a very real impact on people, whether the stories are true or not. Which means that fictions always have some element of truth to them, even if that truth is nothing more than what we learn about ourselves when describing what we see, like in a Rorschach inkblot. I then spent a lot of time asking myself a lot of deep questions. Eventually, I realized that most of them simply cannot be answered. At that point, since I could find no definitive evidence either way, it seemed foolish and almost hypocritical for me to be so certain that there was no God. That shift in perspective fundamentally changed the way I see myself and everything else around me, and those changes made me want to write this book. I remember. I was there. So, what kinds of deep questions did you ask? Well, there were a lot of them. Like, who or what am I? And why am I here? Do I really have more atoms in my body than there are stars in the sky? Is each atom a tiny bundle of energy that was made in the stars? Am I actually a being of energy? What is the relationship between energy and matter? Which religion is right? Are any of them right? What does it even mean for a religion to be right? Are religion and science really enemies? Is there any way to bring them closer together, even if it's just within my own mind? What is truth? What is fiction? Can truths be fictions? Can fictions be truths? How much do we really know compared to how much we really don't? What is the nature of reality? What is the nature of perception? Is there a difference between the way I perceive reality and the reality that I cannot perceive? How has evolution determined the way I perceive reality? Aside from the five physical senses, do I have any other senses that influence my perception of reality? A sense of equilibrium, a sense of time and place, a sense of humor, a sense of self? What role does imagination play in turning these senses into meaningful stories about the world around us? What is an ego or a personality? What is a soul? Is there a soul? Did we exist somehow in any form before we were born? Will we exist somehow in any form after we die? What role does evolution play in the development of my personality? Is there a similar type of evolution for a soul? How was all of this actually made? If atoms create molecules and molecules create cells and cells create the organs and tissues that make us up, what is the intelligence that instructs and directs each self-organizing bit of subatomic energy on how to become any one of those atoms in the first place? Is there some kind of energetic DNA behind our DNA? Is God just a story that parents have told their children for years and years and years? Or is there more to it than that? If so, is he a he? Or is she a she? Or does gender even mean anything to a divine creator of everything? What if God is nature? What if God is love? What if God is the subatomic energy that creates every atom, molecule, and cell in every living and non-living thing? What is the subatomic energy in the quantum realm? Is it really a single energy field that we're all connected to and created from? Is it intelligent? Is it conscious? Is it alive? Is it aware of all of the things it creates? Are any two of its creations identically the same? What if our intrinsic value in this universe 
is that I'm the only version of me that ever will be, and that you are the only version of you that ever will be, and that we are each beautifully different ways that subatomic energy creates new and infinitely expanding experiences for itself to experience. What if our eyes had evolved to be able to see the subatomic energy that is constantly creating and maintaining everything around us? Would it appear to us as a fluid, like water? Would it feel like we were constantly immersed in it? Like we were constantly bathing in it? What would it be like if I could communicate with this subatomic energy? What would I ask? What would it say? And how might the answers to any of these out there questions help me, or anyone else for that matter, in any practical way in my everyday life? Wow, that's, that's a lot, lot of questions. questions. Tell me about it. That's why I wrote this book. Did you get any answers? I got all the answers. Really? Arrogant much? Well, I got answers that have satisfied me, at least, for now. Other people will, of course, see things differently, because we're all looking at the world through very different filters based on our unique individual experiences, which is exactly the way it's supposed to be. That was actually one of my answers. Nice. And how exactly did you get all these answers? Keep reading and you'll find out. Cool. I will. And hey, look at what you did. I'd say this is a pretty good introduction now. Good people who are interested in exploring these kinds of questions will want to read on, and people who aren't can focus on something more interesting to them. Nicely done. There's only one more thing that you should tell them. What's that? Make sure they know why you are doing this. What do you hope to get out of writing this book? I don't really know. Why do you think I'm writing it? For the same reason that you built sandcastles when you were a kid. Because it's fun. Because you're surrounded by all of this sand to play in. All of these words, thoughts, and ideas. All of these neurological rhythms. You like putting things together to see how it feels to play with them. Well, that's it. You never built any of those sand castles as places to actually live in, did you? And you certainly never built any of them to last. When you finish this book, you will move on to another one. I guess that's right. But why are you telling me this? So that your readers will know that you're not preaching big capital T truths at them. That you're not attached to any of these ideas. That you're playing with these concepts and you're inviting your readers to play along with you. And that you certainly do not intend for any of this to be taken too seriously. Although you offer up every word with heartfelt respect and sincerity. Is that supposed to be a nice way of saying that none of what I'm writing here is true? Not exactly. There are certainly truths to be found in what you've written, but the greatest of those truths will be the unique responses that each reader will bring to what you're sharing with them, what it truly makes them think and how it truly makes them feel, regardless of what those thoughts or feelings might be. Now go ahead and wrap this up so we can get to the meat of this already. Thank you. I think I will. Bathing with God is the book that I co-wrote with my imagination when I took the time to relax in a nice warm bath and explore possible answers to many of my favorite questions. Those answers came to me from somewhere deep within. As a result, some may consider this to be insightful, channeled writing. And it is. Others may consider this a work of fiction. And it is. As you will see in the pages that follow, I do not consider fiction and insightful channeled writing to be mutually exclusive ideas, because they aren't. And of course, neither does the massive sea of energy that is the creator of everything that exists. Every quark, every electron, every atom, every bioelectrochemical thought in our brains, there's nothing that is not an extension of this energy. 
Everything is a unique fraction of that whole. No unique fraction is anywhere close to the complete whole, and no fraction can perceive anything beyond the limits of its fractional ability to perceive, although perceptions can be changed, which will most likely be experienced by every reader of this book. It will most definitely change you. The question is, how? That answer is up to you. Don't worry. The energy that whispered these words into this book is not malicious. And it is certainly not a stranger. You've met her many times before. You're just as much a part of her as I am, and she expresses herself through you just as much as she expresses herself through me. All of these expressions are, of course, unique to our own biological makeup, environmental influences, cultural heritage, individual life choices, and many other variables. We are each a one-of-a-kind work of art, created and sustained by this energy. We are each a unique fingerprint on the universe, a complicated and ever-evolving aperture through which shines the mysterious energy from deep within each of the billions of atoms that make up our bodies. This energy shines through each of us in a dazzling variety of ways, and it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to the dazzling version that is presently shining through me. It is the source of life. It is the source of consciousness. It is what people call God. And all of us are constantly bathing in it. So come on in. The water is absolutely fine. Thank you for listening to Bathing with God. If you like what you just heard and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And if you really, really like what you just heard, share it with someone you love and give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. You can also like our Facebook page and subscribe to the Bathing with God YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, you can email me, Glenn Osland, at bathingwithgod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And probably so would Quad. Oh yeah, bring it. Thanks again for listening to Bathing, Bathing with God. God.